This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host. And this week we get to do one of my favorite things, which is bring another conversation with a great leader to all of you. And this week we have Kevin Beers. He was born and raised in Western New York as the oldest of four children growing up in a pastor's family. Kevin has been pastoring for 23 years in the Buffalo, New York area, where he currently serves as the multi-site pastor and co-campus pastor, along with his wife, Becky, at Revive Wesleyan Church, which recently launched its fifth campus in their hometown of East Aurora. Kevin and Becky love to camp, play games, and create memories with their incredible children, Isaac and Isabel. Kevin also serves as the chaplain for the Buffalo Sabres and has ministered to both players and staff in the Sabres organization for the past four seasons. And this is a great conversation, and if you've been listening to the podcast at all, you know uh, how much of a, uh, a diehard fan Richard is of the Buffalo Sabres. So this is a, a real special treat for Richard uh, to be able to talk to someone so close to the Buffalo Sabres. And, and hopefully we'll see if, if this uh, brings any uh, change in the fortunes of his beloved Buffalo Sabres. So with that, I'll turn it over to Richard. Well, welcome everyone to uh, this week's podcast. And uh, this is one of my favorite things that we get to do when we interview uh, someone who's a leader, an influencer. And uh, this week we have someone very special to me. Uh, he's a new, a newer friend that I've really come to enjoy um, hanging out with and working with. And uh, his name is Kevin Beers. And he is a person of many um, responsibilities. He's a father, a husband. He is a pastor of a church. And he's also a chaplain. And any of you who've listened to this podcast will know that it is particularly exciting for me because he is the chaplain to none other than the Buffalo Sabres. And so, Kevin, welcome to today's uh, podcast. Well, thank you, Richard. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me, and greetings from Buffalo. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be on your, your podcast here today. Well, thank you. And there's lots that uh, you do, and I want to just uh, really get some of your insights and thoughts on several different uh, topics. But you are a pastor of a church. Tell us, tell us about your church, because it's, uh, it's a little bit unique in some ways. Yeah, I'm a pastor just outside of Buffalo, New York, uh, a church called Revive Wesleyan Church. And I've been on staff here almost uh, 20 years. And we are wow. a multi-site church, so uh, we have multiple campuses and a central uh, kind of leadership organization, leadership team that helps resource and mobilize our people to be on mission in their communities. Instead of driving 20, 30 minutes uh, to, through different communities, how can we come around them where they're at in the communities where we see the body of Christ represented and, uh, and really allow them to be fully present where they live and, and be the, the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And so, so how many people on a typical Sunday and, and how many locations would you have? Yeah, we have five locations right now. We just launched one a year, a year, just over a year ago, the one that my wife and I are co-pastors at. And um, there's typically anywhere from uh, 1,200 to 1,500 people that are a part of our campus, wow. our church body. Wow. That's, uh, and you, but I, you do something kind of interesting when it comes to putting your sermons together. And we talked about that. Uh, how do you do that? Because uh, you, you have an interesting, you know, you have five campuses, um, 
but they're and they're they all have their own person preaching typically in person but you do some things uh, uniquely in how you put those sermons and deliver those sermons yeah we as a multi-site we work together we collaborate and uh, we've seen different models around the country it's not something that we've invented but just have learned from others who are already doing it ahead of us uh, but we really wanted to uh, develop leaders both lay and staff and pastors and so we actually have a collaborative preaching team that together uh, we've worked for a, together for a long time we come up with the messages together weeks in advance praying and preparing and uh, collaborating through a writing process uh, in fact this coming week we have a writing retreat where we're going to look at the rest of the calendar year uh, and just wow. get away and just spend time with god together what's he stirring up in us what's happening in our communities in our church body and uh, together uh, craft, message, craft messages and present them um, with our own personal context and illustrations. Okay, so how, yeah, how does that go with illustrations? Because like you, you, you get together maybe a month out, you already have your sermon pretty well outlined and everything, and it's going to be the same passage, same points, uh, and so on. But like if you've got just a killer personal illustration that, that wouldn't work for the other four speakers. Do you, do you insert your own story or do you, how identical are those sermons? Yeah. Like said, the same core points, same key passage applications, the same. Uh, but for example, a message this weekend that we're preaching, I'm just looking at it here before I got on with you. Um, we're actually looking through the book of Ephesians, looking at Ephesians four and looking at uh, the unity in Christ and how he talks about, uh, that unity and all of us have young kids who are communicators and all of us love Lego. And so we're <laughs> going to use the illustration of, um, in fact, we all got some kits for us to do with our kids that we're going to bring in as an illustration of the body working together with all of its parts and the different positions of leadership. And, and so, yes, they're all going to look different, uh, but we all have been working on something very similar uh, hmm. and, and be able to bring that that piece of the message ourselves and better each other through that process. What's that experience huh. like, you know, and, and to be able to share from our own personal context. So that's just one example of, of how we get an idea, spur on one another, um, all coming from the text, starting with the text and uh, exegeting the text to then say, okay, how does it, how can we connect with people in a way that relates in our communities with our personalities and our interests? And the beauty of this is most of our campus pastors, like I said, we've been working together for a long time. We actually started in youth ministry together. And if you understand huh. youth ministry, the, the idea of you have to capture someone's attention right away before yeah. you have to, before even presenting the gospel. So, uh, <laughs> and understanding you have a, a limited amount of time to do that. And so yeah. it's just been a collaborative nature and process that we've had for a while. And now we've expanded it to include uh, even people outside of our initial group where there's anywhere from, 10 people to 12 people uh, that are a part of our team. Like I said, many of those are lay and even other churches who are interested, not even from our denomination, who are just interested wow. in the process and want to learn. Uh, uh, a good friend of ours who has a church in the city, an African-American congregation, he joins us and we want, we want to have his perspective. What's it look like huh. in the city of Buffalo? And so he'll join us for different series or, you know, it's, it's optional for churches that are not a part of our organization to, to join us, but often, we just have an alignment of heart or just even study scripture together. So it, it's really a wow. unifying process. Well, you know, I know just being a pastor and having to put a lot of sermons together over the years, uh, that could be 
you know, sometimes it just doesn't come easily, or maybe you just can't think of a good illustration. You know, week after week, you got to crank that out. And I'm thinking, if you're sitting in a room with nine other guys, uh, you know, all the all the folks in that room brainstorming and racking their brains and Google searching different things, like it must be interesting just what you come up with. Oh, sure. And there's a lot of what we call cutting room floor material. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> that we say we need to save that for later, but that's that's not really what this is for. But a lot of it is, you know, we'll think way out, like I said, typically six to eight weeks. And from there, one of us will say, you know what, I'll take the lead on this. We've got the kind of the bones of the message where we're going. Let me come back with a manuscript uh, with all of our ideas, and then we'll process it together. So there's vulnerability there for sure. There's a lot of trust hmm. that needs to be built there. And, yeah. and sometimes we do just need to say, I need help. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> but, but we have that. We have that support around us. And so... Yeah. It's, it's a very rewarding process once you're used to it. It's getting used to that process, that's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, because that's that would be foreign to a lot of folks, but uh, very intriguing. I, I, you know, and, I, and I love the, the fact that you can work together that closely. That says a lot about uh, your team. What, just when, you know, we talked a bit about this when I was up with you uh, a little while ago, but uh, spiritually, uh, especially in the area, you know, upstate, Western New York, like where you are, um, what are you seeing in the church and in church ministry? You've come, you know, New York, it took a while to get out of, of the COVID season and a lot of the restrictions. Mm -hmm. It was pretty hard on you guys there for a while, but uh, coming out of that, what's it like doing church now? What's different than before COVID? I think there was a, uh, a deep hunger for, like you said, New York had a lot of regulations and um, we wanted to submit to our authorities and at the same time not give up who we are, realizing the church is more than just a weekend experience, but people longing just for connection and, yeah. and really people that are fully in, that are ready to, to be on mission, right? We call it like a lot like experiencing God. We use the, the term, we want to participate with what the Holy Spirit's doing. And hmm. so, uh, so we just see a lot of people almost like there was a, a weeding out of people that were just attending just because they wanted to attend. Um, now, mm -hmm. now these people are solely uh, focused on, okay, I'm called to, to be a part of the body. My part is this, how can we work mm -hmm. together? Uh, so mm -hmm. there has been an awakening in a lot of ways and a lot of pruning in many ways too. Yeah. It's, it's different. Isn't Do you see a, a greater hunger just among the, un, the non-churched uh, when, when you talk with them, uh, are you hearing anything different than you were hearing before? Yeah, I, I think just all that's happened in Buffalo in general over the last year. Um, yeah. You know, we talked yeah. about COVID, too, in New York State. But then um, just the mass shooting that we had last May uh, in mm. the city that was on national news. Um, our weather has been ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's just been yeah. a lot. We've had two blizzards in the last two months, one being five feet where we live and the other being three feet, like in a matter of days. Um, so just yeah. the people of Buffalo are tough skinned, they're loyal, and they don't really take much junk. Like they just want to get back <laughs> to the heart of where stuff is because we've been through a lot just as a, as, including our sports teams have been through a lot. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a loyalty there. And so people are just, they're wanting to know truth. They're asking questions. Hmm. Um, and this was kind of a reset with COVID coming back out of that for people to say, why do I do what I do? Why do I believe mm. what I believe? And mm. Let's open up great conversation. Yeah. Well, uh, 
we, we, we've got to talk about uh, one of my very favorite subjects, um, if, if, uh, and that is, of course, the Buffalo Sabres. And Sam, now, you don't know this necessarily, but Sam will periodically begin our podcast by uh, trying to bring up the Sabres when he thinks they've been on a bad stretch or something. But uh, it, lately, it's been easier for me to respond when he is a, an obnoxious son-in-law. But uh, you have the privilege. Now, I, I think it's since 19... I want to say 73 or 4, about maybe 73, that I first started cheering for the Buffalo Sabres. And so really for 50 years, for half a century, uh, without yet a cup, although twice we should have had one, uh, but I I watched both those series uh, back in uh, against the Flyers way back in the 70s that we should have won. And and uh, then against Dallas, of course, with the non-goal. That's right. Uh, but uh, you get to... Uh, go right into the the Sabres um, facilities, meet with the players. Uh, and so tell us, uh, and I, when, when we were able to come up there uh, to a game, uh, you very graciously worked that out for us to meet a bunch of the Christian players, the people that attend the chapel services, and, uh, and uh, just get to see all the, the players come out of the dressing room before the game. And it was an awesome time. My two uh, grandsons that were with me, are still talking about it. Um, but uh, tell me what that's like as a chaplain. And of course, it's a, I mean, it's not like it's a high paid, you don't, you don't get a hockey NHL level salary uh, to be a chaplain for the, for NHL players. Yep. How does that work? How does that work to be a chaplain? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of a God story. Just like every story is he, he uh, allowed me to, to have opportunity to speak Ever since I've been in ministry, I, I love sports. I've had a chance to do many Buffalo Bills chapels. I knew the chaplain hmm. uh, when I started in ministry, and he was good friends with my dad. And so out of that, hmm. just kind of growing up in that and uh, having a, a great fan base and great players when I was a kid in the 90s, right? So the Jim Kelly hmm. eras, the Frank Reich eras, and and some of those guys. And so spoke many chapels over the last decade or so. And out of that, an opportunity arose for me to... Uh, take over as the chaplain for the Sabres, who was transitioning out. Um, and so didn't really even know what it meant to be a chaplain, knew what it meant to speak and to come in and do a one-off once in a while, uh, mm -hmm. but really learned uh, through my friend Mark, who's connected with HMI Ministries, which is Hockey Ministries International. Uh, they're connected mm -hmm. to the NHL, the AHL, and actually 33 other leagues around the world. Um, wow was founded by former NHL players who wish they had what they now offer current players, which is just that, that network of the kingdom and also the support of pastors like myself walking with players who are often 21, 22, up to 26, you know, as young as those guys, even Owen Powers, 20 years old, um, yeah. who are just wanting have, to have people in their lives to walk with them in faith. Wow. And so what kind of, I know some things... You know, there there's some things you you have to be careful not to do. Um, like, like, what kind of tightrope do you walk as a chaplain? Because I'm sure there's lots of people even listening that would say that would be so cool to be a chaplain to a professional sports team. But there's there's some things you have to be careful about what you do or not do. And and then what are the kind of things that you can do? What how do you what kind of ministry would you do during a a normal week? Sure, and that's all the. This is all I've learned, and this is my fourth season, just learning that, 
right? What's the difference between mm -hmm. being a pastor and a chaplain and what's it look like for different teams and sports and uh, what's, what is my, what is my role? And so it really depends on the culture. Um, yeah. And so the culture over the last even couple of seasons with the Sabres because of COVID and different GMs, it's been different each year. Um, but typically my touch point has been with one or two core players that I've known uh, along with a relationship with a general manager uh, to be able to know where is my stance? Like where, where, where can I go? <laughs> what, where is yeah. intrusion and where is acceptance? And so just really having the posture of how can I serve? Hmm. Uh, one of the things that my friend Mark, who was the former chaplain, who's now actually the chaplain of all the NHL chaplains, he basically pastors us and resources up, resources us. He said that the best thing you could do is just go in and be someone who doesn't ask for anything. Just be someone huh. who's there to serve everyone you come in contact with, whether it is a security guy at a door to the facility maintenance people, to the coaches, players, staff, um, whoever it may be, be a consistent, trusted presence who is there to mm. serve because everyone else in these players' lives, they want something from them in some yeah. way, even if it's just an autograph or a picture. Um, so what does it look like to just simply say, I'm here to serve, I'm here to give, which is just opposite of what they're used to. Yeah, and I know you've you've really been, you've been really careful about that mm -hmm. and uh, tried just to give, uh, and we've been thrilled to be able to help with that and 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 uh, giving some like of our our materials, like our devotionals and things, and uh, that's been fun just to because they're they're probably more used to being asked for what they can give mm -hmm. than uh, people that just come alongside them. But what you know, yeah, some of these guys, I mean, and some of the Sabers. They were, I think, maybe on, on opening night, they were the youngest team in the whole NHL. Mm -hmm. And you got even 19-year-olds, uh, you know, a Darlene or some people like that that come in at 19. Um, what are their, what kind of needs do they have? Because, like, you, you watch them on TV, and it's, like, larger than life, these very talented world-class athletes. But you see them, you know, and even when I got to meet some of them after the game, like, they're so young. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they've been around and uh, they, uh, you know, they've, they've seen some things. They make a lot of money, uh, but they're, they're kids, really. They're, they're still so young. What, what, what kind of maybe are there some misconceptions about professional athletes? Because on, you know, on game day, they, they look larger than life. But then but you see them when it's not game day uh, and they've got various challenges i'm sure there's got to be some unique pressures sure. on being a professional athlete and so what kind of things would they what kind of needs might they have that you know other other people and other lines of work might not face the same way sure a great question and thank you too for resourcing us i know that uh, the players appreciate that i appreciate uh, what you guys have done from blackview ministries you so your just your generosity in that and um but but you think back to when you were in your early 20s kind of all the questions you were asking about life and relationships and faith, and they have the same questions. Um, mm. So when I when it comes down to my interactions with them, I say, I want to talk about everything but hockey. Anything <laughs> that you want to talk about, because everybody else wants to talk about that. They want to talk about their performance or what they do or how their what their thoughts are. I, I'm asking the questions, just like Jesus did. What do you want to talk about? Like, who do you say that I am? Where, where, where are the things, where are the questions that 
you know, you don't even know who to go to with these questions. Um, yeah. Had the chance to walk with players through relationship issues and, and conversations about engagement and marriage and being new parents and um, how do you how do you manage your time and you know, what resources are available. Um, so when our chapels really are a Bible study, we just call them chapels. So uh, guys who have faith and guys who don't have faith, it's just a common term that people understand. Um, and typically after a, a, a skate or a morning practice, um, I'll go down and have lunch with some of the guys I have good relationship with over the years. And uh, from there, build relationship with others, including staff and hmm. even the chef and just be able to really? just build relationships, the team, you know, the equipment manager and, uh, and just being present, being aware. I pray before I go in, God, you know who I'm going to see. You know what's going on in their lives. Help me to be sensitive to that. If it's praying with somebody off to the side, if it's laughing with guys and just building relationship with others as around a meal. Um, and then when we get into God's word, as we hear story and testimony, um, as we ask questions and uh, pray for one another, as we mm. hear hard truth and try to figure out what does that mean for them mm. and their schedule, which is crazy, you know, even just... Mm. Their, 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 their season life is so different than their off season in regards to just the time with the people they care about, love. Um, mm. And even just even making a regular rhythm is hard sometimes. So, mm. um, so it, it really is just walking with someone and treating them just like anyone else, that they mm. are their guys who are young, who have all the temptations and pressures of this world, except it's on a huge scale that people can look at and critique and and they have questions about identity and value just as much as we do hmm i would think uh you know because when i was when i was in my early 20s i wasn't making million dollar contract deals and uh, uh i wasn't on national tv and uh the, the, i would just think there'd be so many temptations uh just distractions and yet they've got to focus on their uh, you know their skills their health and I would think that just even if I wasn't a believer, I would I would want uh, if I was a general manager or something, I'd want a chaplain there just to keep the the guy's feet on the ground and uh, um, and and some wise counsel before uh, they were swept away. But I just think that's such an awesome thing. And now you you've been very involved with the Bills as well, and uh, of course they had a, a very uh, nationally um, televised and watched. Uh, experience recently where someone literally died on the field and was resuscitated. And, uh, and, you know, as a chaplain, as you watch that, um, and you watch the, you know, these are, these are very, uh, strong, young, uh, athletes, and yet they're playing a dangerous game. And, uh, obviously the, 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 the pounding both in hockey and football, but, uh, what, what did you see happen in Buffalo and, um, you know, it's, it certainly seemed like it got people's attention, and and I know the Sabers were were much impacted by watching what happened on the football team as well. Um, what what are, are there some repercussions from all of that that you're seeing? Because uh, there, you know, when you're when you're 22 and you're making a lot of money and you're the healthiest you've ever been, it's hard to sometimes, I guess, think about eternity. Mm. And yet, all of a sudden, one one hit in a game, and you might be facing it. Right. Yeah. There was an awakening for sure uh, for a lot of people. And the closer to the sport you are or were, um, that much more so. I know right away. Even the chaplain 
uh, for the Bills. He's good friends of mine, and we get together. He's encouraged me a lot, helped me to know what it looks like for him and his role. Um, he reached out to me and other pastors on our staff and said, would you guys be available just to be able to, to process with some of our players and staff? And, and this, the same ownership owns the Bills and the Sabres, so I reached out to uh, the general manager for the Sabres and reached out to the guys I'm connected with to just say, how are you guys dealing with this? How are you processing this? And hmm. uh, the support of the community, uh, the support of the nation, uh, was just amazing. It, it, obviously, we saw firsthand nationally, uh, public prayer was accepted. Um, you saw yeah. people on on major sports networks that were able to that boldly prayed on the air uh, for him. Yeah. Um, so just that question, that conversation, does prayer work? And um, there were prayer vigils that were bump, like popping up everywhere. In fact, the mm. next couple of days after, uh, they had a prayer vigil right outside the stadium. Many people gathered and a follow-up after he came out of the hospital and churches hmm. inviting fans to come out and be a part of these in our community. So um, hmm. presenting the gospel, um, what it looks like to, to know the person of Jesus. So, yeah, it was it was when life happens is kind of the question we're asking. Life happened in a very real way. And so just walking with them through those times and celebrations of whether they, you know, one of our guys just became a dad, walking with him and his wife through that mm. process this last year, and then also when life doesn't go the way we anticipate, um, the questions yeah. that arise, and helping them have a safe place where they can ask those questions. Mm. Well, I know even just some of the uh, Christian guys on the team, you know, they're just because you're Christian doesn't mean that you play regular shift or that you don't get set down to the minors or put on waivers and. Uh, um, and that's got to be hard sometimes, you know, you're praying for, and I know at times, uh, just because I know uh, some of the backstory from you, that uh, uh, sometimes a, a Christian player might get traded and they, he might get traded for another Christian player. <laughs> but but I do know in the NHL that uh, that's, of all the major sports leagues, they probably have the fewest Christians in it. I, I know baseball, uh, football, a lot more Christians just maybe because of where they draw players from. But hockey, of course, a lot of Canadians, a lot of Europeans, Eastern Europeans, uh, that it's just a much, much um, lower Christian percentage. And so any uh, any particular challenges uh, that you see just trying to reach hockey players? Because I grew up around hockey players, and uh, just the, I, I saw the kind of uh, pools that they were drawn from and often very non-christian mm. pools of, of young canadians that that was their religion was just hockey and and making it big and um any any way even you know churches if just in general want to reach athletes um and you know whether it's the local college or high school or even the professional team what what can christians do just mm. to be a support uh, and encouragement to reaching athletes sure I think, yeah, I think you're right that hockey is darker when it comes to faith than a lot of other sports. Probably one reason why is because of the rhythm and the pace and when hmm. people start. A lot of these guys, you know, they've, they've said from the time they were able to walk, they've been on skates. And typically, you know, it's more of a northern or around the country or Canada uh, kind of driven sport. And so from there compared to like college football or whatever system you grow up in, whatever sport you're in, where they have games on Saturday and Sunday's kind of the day, you know, Bible Belt, that's that's the day you go to church. Uh, mm -hmm. For hockey, that's the day you travel to tournaments around the league, mm -hmm. around the country, around the, you know, so 
a lot of these guys have never been in a church setting until later in their high school, college years, and just didn't were not grown up in the faith at all because they were mm. always traveling around the road. And so I think to answer your second question there is is, is to you know, be who you are with the faith that you have. Uh, someone like Tage Thompson, who has such a strong faith, who grew up in a strong Christian family, he took, um, in fact, HMI, the ministry I'm working with, he actually, they actually have these summer hockey camps that are discipleship based, that they disciple kids as well as, and young players, as well as train them in hockey, but also in the way of faith. And so to be able to kind of grow up in that and just have it be a part of your daily rhythm, whatever sport you play, be all there in your athleticism, but also in who you are in Christ. And huh. so that's what has happened. And that's why this organization, HMI, exists, is these players now who do have faith or have come to faith are saying, we need to make this a part of our rhythm. And that's where chapels come into play. That's where conversations that are initiated by players, we work through players more than anything else. Um, so it's it's those side conversations, the invites, the trust built, the uh, the discipleship, and and using resources like uh, day by day, the experiencing God day by day to have guys be leading their teammates, and mm. empowering them, equipping them. Well, and you mentioned uh, Tage Thompson. I just think he's uh, it, for those who don't follow the Sabers as closely, but if you if you follow hockey, you probably have seen that Tage is one of the top three goal scorers uh, and point getters in the league. Uh, and he's got a wonderful Christian story, and you you don't often see that where a, uh, someone that just is openly Christian is um, is having that kind of success. And uh, but uh, what, just as you see the and and really um, a number of just key players for the team right now are Christians, which you don't always see that. And so I, there's something kind of special it seems like going on right now. Uh, with the Sabers, but I've got to just ask you what your what your forecast is for the Sabers. Do you see them making the playoffs? They're about four points out or so. Yeah, are they going to? I do. What they're they're twenty three nineteen and three right now, so they're over five hundred. We're four games over five hundred. We're doing well. We're still in the race. Um, Page is going to the All Star game. Uh, yeah. So that I was hoping that Darlene would get there too. He's he's number two in the whole league as a defenseman. I can't believe that he didn't get sent to the All Star game. I know. But. That's everybody's been rallying. They did this funny promo uh, spoof where they had all the players nominating other teammates for that and having this big marketing campaign around voting because the fans get to vote as well. Yeah. Well, I voted every day. I, I used my 10 ballots. I was voting in on a couple other guys like Darlene, but it, we fell short nonetheless. I want to share with you too, real quick. I haven't even shared this with you yet since we last spoke, but um, I got a call the other day from um, the NHL. It was in partnership with uh, uh, Warner Brothers and Enterprise. I guess they do something called this hat trick challenge. And so every month they select someone who had a hat trick the previous month and choose a charity of one of those players, highlight that charity and give a thousand dollar donation to the charity. And hmm. Tage won that uh, privilege this next month. So uh, oh, okay. they, and his charity is HMI, Hockey Ministries International. So he, oh, wow. he's, he connected me to them. And so they are producing a vignette for the All-Star Weekend, be on TV wow. and in the arena of Tage growing up through the ministry that I'm connected with. Uh, and they're donating a thousand. Enterprises donating a thousand dollars to highlight uh, his hat trick this last month. So, wow, kind of a wow. great another God story there, where he just continues to show up and show off and and bless the Sabers. So, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think just whether you cheer for the Sabres or not, which I can't imagine why everyone wouldn't, but even if you don't, uh, Tage is just such a great Christian story of, and someone who's overcome a lot of adversity uh, health-wise and just career-wise and just so many ways. Um, and uh, it's just, it's really rewarding and encouraging to see that God is has just blessed his efforts and uh, a, a real, he had a breakout year last year, but uh, this year looks to even uh, far surpass that. And so any, so you, you're, you're calling on, uh, on this uh, podcast that the Sabres will make the playoffs. I'm, I'm saying I, they're making I'm, the playoffs. Yes. I, I, yeah, I'm with you too. I think this will be the first year in many, um, any last words on uh, Buffalo because poor Buffalo that, you know, that they had the Bills back in Kelly's uh, quarterbacking days. They went four years in a row to the Super Bowl. They set a record for a number of times to go and never win. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about Buffalo? I, 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 even if I wasn't a Buffalo fan, I would just want a Buffalo team to finally win a national championship. But w- what is it like uh, there? You're right up there by uh, Niagara Falls, beautiful uh, place, beautiful countryside for Buffalo, but uh, any any insight, you mentioned a little bit about just the hardiness you have to have. You have to be good at shoveling snow sure. to live in Buffalo. Um, you were actually on uh, a national, uh, I know you, you did a video in a big snowstorm a, a couple years ago that was right up like had just pretty well blocked your entire garage when you went yeah. to go out. Yeah. Uh, so did you, what, what is it like, uh, help us under know, understand just what a Buffalonian is like. Buffalonian is, uh, well, we're known to be the, the city of good neighbors. So hmm. when something happens, people are there quick to respond. And you always see, uh, you know, whether it's the Bills Mafia or uh, people shoveling snow for someone else at charity organization, when something happens, people come around one another and and support each other any way we can if it's food we have some of the best food in the country in my opinion in buffalo as well um but also when you have in you the invention of buffalo wings we have to we have to highlight that that's right you graciously took us to a buffalo wings uh the uh, the the birthplace Mm -hmm. uh of buffalo wings the anchor bar so yeah yeah so i think you know i think our good food came from kind of all the all, all that we've been through. We that's how we medicate. Maybe is through good food. <laughs> um, but uh, but there's just a there's just a loyalty. People have a tendency to even come back if they hmm. grew up here and they go away. And they they want to come back to this region for all the things that you mentioned. That the uh, the weather is you know the snow is not too bad. I'll, I'll take it over tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes. Yeah. And, but when it comes yeah. down to just the heart of the people. The, the tough grit kind of stick in there, get up, get back up once you get knocked down. Um, and the rest of the year, the weather is beautiful. It's like the fall and the summer is just amazing. So, yeah. Well, and I found out that you've got all kinds of Tim Hortons oh, yeah. uh, restaurants all over Buffalo, too. So, for our Canadian listeners, you, you feel right at home there. Every other uh, block. Actually, Canada probably is <laughs> more than us, but right behind Canada. So, you're, I was impressed with how many outlets you had up there. Well, Kevin, I knew that uh, time would go by quickly, and uh, I just think it's so uh, interesting, uh, certainly just ministering to a unique uh, sort of group of people, and then also just being a pastor in a, a tough place and doing some really unique things, which I'm very impressed with. 
uh, that I, I think just might intrigue some of our listeners who are pastors and speakers uh, to maybe consider working on maybe some sermons with other uh, pastors even, just studying together and, and, and uh, digging up truths uh, that they might both be able to use. But interesting ideas. And uh, so, Kevin, I, I'm praying for you that you'll continue doing a great job ministering to those sabers, keep them all spiritually healthy and focused. And, uh, and I, we're, I, I, I suspected that it, uh, it might take an act of God for the sabers uh, to ever really be as successful as I hoped. And that seemed like God's at work. <laughs> he is. He is. And thank you for what you personally, just what you meant to me and just that God story. That's for another time, just seeing how our stories came together and how uh, Black Bay Ministries and experiencing God impacted me growing up. Hmm. And then I'll see uh, the resources that both your father and you have put together, now your sons, uh, to be able to see uh, what God is doing for his kingdom and how I get a chance to kind of see all those worlds come together. And so thank you for having me. It's great to great to talk with you. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I, we'll put uh, we'll put maybe a link to your church uh, website on uh, the show notes and anything else that uh, might be of interest to folks. And I encourage you to be praying for Kevin and and chaplains like him on all the different perfor- uh, professional sports teams. It's a very unique uh, role, a, a challenging uh, ministry in many ways, but one that uh, can I think bear much fruit. And so, be praying for Kevin and uh, for his ministry there. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next time and cheering on uh, another Buffalo uh, game here in the future. Sounds good. Let's go Buffalo. (laughs) Thanks, Kevin. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.